and welcome to Deacon Debates. I'm Deacon, and I'm here with um, our very first guest, Josh. Say hi. Hello, I'm Josh. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing um, a very widely debated topic. Um, the last couple of years, uh, we're going to be debating breastfeeding. And um, Josh, uh, what side are you on? Oh man, you know, I, that's a loaded question, but I've always been of the mind that uh, you should free the titty. Okay, so that means I will be taking the side of put them away. Perfect. Uh, Josh, do you want to go first? Uh, opening statements? Well, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, well, gee, uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about this topic, but uh, uh, from what I do know, as a, a gentleman with a specific taste, I know I just like a good tit every once in a while, you know? And... Uh, if that tit happens to be in the mouth of a stranger's child, you know, I'm all right with that. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm of the mind that um, this is a, not only for um, reasons of, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, and I've forgotten the word. A decency um oh yeah that's a I, I believe that is a part of the body that should be kept private and i believe it's a action that should be done in private i don't believe that is an action that should be broadcast to the public interesting interesting okay okay Well, see, I, you, you, you raise a very good point, but um, you ever been on a plane? Uh, yes, I've been on a plane multiple have times. You, have you ever been on a plane with a screaming child? Uh, yes, that was my last flight to Vegas. All right, all right. Well, what if this child, the, the screaming child, the only way to sate its hunger is to plop a nipple in that mouth. What do you do? Well, I, b I believe there are other ways to um, combat that issue in ways that aren't as revealing or um, sexual a manner. Well, I, I'm not even talking about sexual at this point. Uh, that child is starving. You know, there's... I can't say that. <clears throat> um, this this child's hungry, okay, and okay. the only way it will be it, it, its hunger, its eternal hunger, will be uh, sated is to uh, breastfeed from okay uh, its mother's teat. I'm following. Right. Well, there are other ways to feed that child. There are formulas and even pumps. No, no, so, no, 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 no. So, so no. if it's an issue, right, if it's an issue of it needs to be breast milk, there are pumps that can be used, there are, there are ways that don't involve exposing your, yourself, like, and parts of yourself in public spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Mm I'm just talking, what if this is a very, very picky, picky young... Uh, squeamer and uh, uh, 
the only way, the only way it'll ever be satisfied is lip-on-nip action. What then? Well, I, I believe that there are, uh, like, you have artificial nipples um, on, like, baby bottles. There, I feel there are artificial ways to get around those problems. He knows with... the difference. Okay, you see... Do do infants really know the difference, though? Or... Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, if I may interject, uh, I was a very, very picky young child. And, uh, you know, I, I, I knew what I liked. You know, try and give me steamed broccoli, I'll throw up on you. Uh, try and give me, you know, booby milk that wasn't actually booby milk, I'll throw up on you. I was very opinionated as a young man, and I suppose I still am. Um, and I knew. I knew. Sorry, I'm just taking notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. You see, probably, I should probably do that too, huh? But, um, but don't you think that the... Um, we live in a society where it's better to keep certain aspects of your life and your body private. Let me, let me ask you this. Do, do you, do you, how much patience do you have? I have quite a bit of patience. Quite a bit of patience. Okay. Okay. Well, even with that much patience, what would you prefer? A quick flash of a boob on a plane where you can just look away or this this grating screaming souls of the damned sounding uh, uh, young infantile human just literally tearing its larynx as it, it screams for thine mother's teat what what do you prefer uh, the, the 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 somewhat uncomfortable image of a woman breastfeeding a baby in public on a plane or that, that horrible screaming that you can't escape. Well, you see, I personally have no objections to the human anatomy and the female body. But I believe this is an issue of not only personal preference, but the, the well-being of our children and, like, people who are more impressionable. Ah, I see. I believe if we start to normalize the exposing of these private areas, it will lead to um, a less conservative future when it comes to nudity and these things that we've already put in place, right? I see, I see. Uh, and and that's a that's a fantastic point i must say uh maybe one of the reasons i'm not the uh, most uh, uh how you say politically correct person is because of my early exposure to um 
cans, jugs, and or zongas, however you wish to put it. It was very traumatic for me, actually. Okay, so so you believe that the exposure to these um, displays of nudity at a young age negatively affected you? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, it could have been the way I, I, I was uh, quite literally impressioned to them. Um, and I suppose it depends on the person. So then why do you believe we should be allowing these women to show themselves to, to the, in the public? Um, don't, and don't you think that um, saying it's okay to have your breasts out for breastfeeding, um, couldn't that lead um, to opening the doors to nudity in other areas and in for other reasons call me hypocritical but i was really just referring to uh younger me when i was talking about that uh, that, uh discomfort i it's has no effect on me now uh however um but i suppose it could negatively um impact uh someone else who's younger um, you, you have a excellent point there. And I, I suppose it could lead to other, other, um, exposures of, uh, the human anatomy. Although I, it's not common that I see someone, um, getting flashed in public. Uh, it's never happened to me per se. But um, don't you think that leading that these, um, that um, opening the door to normalizing public breastfeeding could lead to these things. I wasn't necessarily saying that they happen. I, I guess it could. Um, I, I have no further comment. Okay, thank you. Um, Next question. We have to fill a time slot here, Josh. We're we're on the crunch. I uh, I see I see. I'm on the crunch of how long can my morphine addiction keep me awake? Oh, that's that's rough. Okay, um, we're gonna just note that that one was talked about on this episode. So, right. I'm going to take a quick break here so I can drink water and pick our next uh, topic. That's probably healthy. Josh, pick a number between one and seven. Uh, five. You're going to go down to there. Great. Our next uh, topic of discussion is hijab. <laughs> For this one, I'm going to specify. Do you think... Um, I'm going to make this a little less specific to hijabs and more just about religious head coverings. And mm. uh, I guess the question is, do you think religious head coverings should be 
prohibited in schools in the way that regular head coverings are, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, I don't believe they should be. Okay, so you believe that people should be allowed to wear, whether it's a yarmulke or a hijab or another religious piece of headwear, and that I, should be allowed? I do believe that. Okay, um, this is... You've put me in a bind here, but I will, um, as per the show, I will take the opposition on that, and I will say they should not be allowed. I see, I see. That's how this show works, if you haven't figured it out yet. Right, right. And okay, if you so, haven't figured it out yet, I'm obviously not uh, someone who goes looking around for breastfeeding children. Um I it, it it's all a front, people. I well the that morphine bit uh, was inspired by true events, but come on. Anyways, the ketamine. I mean, uh, hijabs, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, right, right. Uh, Do you want to start with your opening statements? I I would love to. Okay, uh, I'll, uh, I'm just gonna give you about a minute for this. About a minute, okay. I'm, so, I'll just let you know if you go over it. I think you know what you're going to do here, though. Right, right. I, 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 I understand that, you know, head coverings in a, in a school can be seen as disrespectful to the board. I'm not exactly sure why, but, you know, it's probably some old Greek custom or some shit. Uh, crap. Can I cuss? I don't care. That's great. Um... However, schools aren't allowed to discriminate on race, sex, beliefs, whatever, um, though they often do. Um, but in a perfect world, I, I, I see no reason why a religious uh, article uh, should be, should be uh, prohibited in a uh, place of education. Okay, thank you. Um, you hit right about a minute exactly, so thank you for That's that. Incredible. And um, okay, so you say that they should be allowed because um, schools are not allowed to discriminate based on race, religion, gender. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say it's not discrimination. It's just it could be distracting to the other learners. Fair enough. Right, like we live in a Western society where these things are uncommon. It's uncommon to see someone in a hijab or a yarmulke. That's true. I, in my 14 years, have seen exactly three people wearing hijab, and no one I have ever seen has worn a yarmulke. Well, uh, that makes one of us. I have seen exactly zero. Unless you count Rick Steves' travel guides. Okay. So, don't you think that if these things began showing up in school, they could, one, be distracting to the other students because it's something not seen, it's something unique and maybe exotic. Right. 
Now, how how do you how do you suggest we go about making it so it's not a distraction? Not a distraction. Well, see that that, that raises an interesting problem, even in culture itself. How how do we make the exotic normal? And uh, I'm I'm not sure there's a perfect a perfect answer to that. Okay, uh, thank you for that. Um, okay, well, uh, let me bring up another point. Um, couldn't people who don't necessarily follow that belief or that practice just use that as an excuse to get away with wearing head covering? Yeah, I suppose that would become a problem with the uh, um, bald and or otherwise um, insecure students. Okay, so I guess I'm just of the mind that these things shouldn't be allowed because, not because we're discriminating, but because it's simply just better to have an effective learning environment free of distractions without these extra things. You raise a very good point. And uh, once again, I'm left speechless at your debating ability, and I have no further comments at this time. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see. I think we have time for one more. Sounds great. Uh, let's go with uh, sex education in schools. Um, how do you view sex education in schools? Like, this one I think is more of an open-ended conversation. I don't think there's really one side to it. Okay, okay. Well, um, I'm of the mind that it's very important to teach young men and women about, um, you know, sexual intercourse and the risks as well as the um, ways to avoid those risks. If you choose to um, participate in that at a young age, um, obviously to prevent uh, teen pregnancies and the stress that comes with that. However, I do believe they could probably uh, do a bit more to uh, push the envelope and get the message across. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe teen pregnancy is a wholly bad thing. Like if it's your choice to have a baby at a very young age and both partners are okay with that and parents are okay with that and everything. And, you know, you've got your school figured out and all that. I don't, I don't think it, it should be necessarily frowned upon if it makes you happy, but um, I think schools could go better or do better about uh, trying to teach about it. Okay, so just to kind of clarify, you're of the mind that we should be teaching maybe safer sex practices and maybe like ways to prevent having a child until you're ready? Yes. And um, not shaming 
those who choose to have a child at a young age? Yes. Okay, I guess the logical left of that argument would be shouldn't we be teaching abstinence? Do you have any reasons for that? I generally don't do this, but um, from a religious standpoint, um, it's taught in almost any book of text that premarital sex and um, things of that nature are forbidden in most modern religions, Christianity, uh, Judaism, um, Islam. It's taught against. It's not only frowned upon, it's a sin in most cases. It's wholly and entirely wrong to do these things. And that's just from a religious standpoint. Right. And also, I believe if we don't teach abstinence, it could lead to people being reckless and careless and leading to decisions being made that are maybe unwise leading in or ending in teen pregnancy where they're they don't want the child which would cause abortion rates to go up and like all these things that would be wholly bad for society well I suppose that is sort of a loaded um, topic um, on the religion side of things. And, and this was a point I was going to make earlier. Um, you know, obviously the modern world has strayed very far away from um, the, uh, you know, very religious um many are simply not religious these days and a lot of things that were taboo are no longer as frowned upon and um i think it's the same way with uh, premarital sex um and even in some cases uh teen pregnancy and um i am of the mind that it's, it shouldn't be as, um, I guess, frowned upon uh, as it would have been even a century ago, half a century ago, um, because we have strayed so far away um, from the very religious. Okay, um, you do make a good point, and I will kind of support your argument, I guess. Uh, my grandma had my mom when she was really young. She was 14. And this is mm -hmm. kind of going to flip a little bit in telling the story. Um, it was really hard on her. Um, her and my grandpa both, it was hard to, it was hard to get through school. It was hard to get through life. My grandpa started working basically the second she was born. And he had to work to support him and my, her and my grandma, to this day, 40-something um, years later. And so I believe that 
Um, that's one side of the story, kind of. And then on the other side, maybe... Even then, I don't think it was very frowned upon back then. Um, my great-grandparents, they supported them. They helped them a lot. They watched my mom. So I think it does go both ways. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And I believe maybe, as opposed to abstinence, I'm. this one was kind of weird for me. So I guess here I'm going to say it, it abstinence maybe isn't the best idea. Like you said, I'm going to kind of agree with you. Um, teaching safe sex practices, contraception, um, and you have to talk about abstinence. Yeah. I don't think that's where it should be focused. I think that is definitely where like, it needs to be brought up. It needs to be talked about. Mm -hmm. Um. And we need to talk about those safer sex practices and ways to avoid pregnancy. And not only that, STDs. Oh, um, yeah. Even, even if you do want a kid, that is something you have to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, worrying about um, who you choose to do these things with and who they've chosen to do these things with. Right. Um, so maybe... It's a broader conversation that needs to be had than what's being taught in schools now. And I don't think it's something that can be put into a logical extreme, you know? Yeah. So, um, that looks like all the time we have. Thank you for all coming. Right. It's and, um, been an honor. This has been Deacon Debates. <laughs>